0: coordinates found the outdoor parent podcast hi it's jelaine the host of the outdoor parent podcast i'm personally very excited about the subject dog sledding it can be an overlooked sport but it's so healthy for everyone involved my kids and myself love the sport of mushing and i hope you enjoy a peek into the world during my conversation with casey
1: so, my name is Casey Randall, and I'm 44 years old. So, <laughs> I kind of forget sometimes how old you are, but, anyways. I, <laughs> How do I don't think I'm like am I 43 or 44? I think I'm 44. But um, anyways, so I have lived in Alaska uh, since 2000. So this is my 22nd year here in the great state. I came up. I, I was raised, born and raised in Michigan, and I came up to go to graduate school up here at Alaska Pacific University. My dad, you know, and I jumped in a car, uh, drove drove the Alcan, and he he helped get me up here and um, fell in love with the state and have been here. Ever since Um, we and we've uh, met my husband who met him here in Alaska, he's also from Michigan, so that's really convenient. We have uh, you know, we have the same roots and have family back there and we have always been fans of the Alaska state sport of dog mushing. And we would, you know, just being here, we would go to races. Everybody knows about the Iditarod and the Yukon Quest. They're the two big races, but there are a lot of other smaller races. And when I say smaller, they're, you know, 300, 400, 500 mile races. So they're not small, but um, less uh, spectators come to those. And so we ended up, um, you know, just kind of going to more of those over the years, getting to know people. And uh, then when we had a... a family. We have two children. I have um, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. Uh, Addie Ann is my daughter and Thale is my son. And then, you know, we started taking them to races and then got connected that way because then we started volunteering at the races and meeting people. And then um, I know it's kind of quickly. We'll, we'll probably go into more detail here. But then eventually here we have we have 26 dogs now.
0: That is such a good story. It gives a good picture of It doesn't start um, in the blink of an eye. You slowly kind of get interested and you pursue it a little bit more and you meet people like you said and it really, I mean it is attainable if people want to get into it and even if they don't, it's a really interesting sport for people to learn more about. So maybe you can share a little bit about why dog sledding is a good sport for families and why someone might want to consider looking into it a little bit more.
1: Well, and I want to mention, too, that if people are interested in in getting involved um, with mushing, yes, you don't have to just go out and all of a sudden have 26 dogs or some of these kennels who have, you know, 100 dogs. But what you can do is you can get involved and anybody involved with mushing appreciates help. There's always something you can do. And it's it's great for not just adults but kids and so volunteer at races you know go to a race and then ask what you can do to help at the race next year Um, we have local things here in Alaska right here in Anchorage Alaska at Tozier um, track right it's just right off of Tudor Road right right in the middle of town and there are races um, that are just sprint dog races and so the kids my kids have um, the world championships coming up this weekend and our distance dogs become sprint dogs for a few days. And instead of doing, you know, 300 miles, they do, um, they get to take them for two or three miles and the dogs enjoy that too, because they get to run faster and it's shorter. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's, that's one way to get involved. And so why is it such an awesome activity for anyone, but especially families is that I can't imagine mushing mushing, by myself. Like if, if I was the only one in my family who did it, I, I wouldn't enjoy that as much because it's a sport that takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money. Um, and it's a lifestyle. And so the fact that we do it with our two children, um, It just makes a world of difference and we're out there together on the trails we're a whole team we you know we have handlers we have people who come and help a handler is someone who comes and helps you with the dogs uh some people have live-in handlers some people just come and help at races but we're like a we have a built-in handler with our family because there's four of us um and we still have people help us too but anyways why it's so great is because there's a lot of responsibility and just with any kind of care of animals our kids have had to learn you know they respect the dogs they know how hard they have to work each day to take care of the dogs they have to be self-sufficient out there on the trail even when we're together um, there's always a possibility we could get separated or you know they have to take care of their own team so they learn how they learn survival skills they learn Um, how to be safe with the dogs. And it's just a, I see them grow every single time they interact with the dogs. And it's a pretty amazing thing to see.
0: It brings you closer together as a family and you're learning such healthy life skills while being outside. It's such a healthy activity, healthy sport for people. And plus uh, a lot of people have a dog or, or maybe two and if they want to get involved and start, and maybe they, they volunteer at a dog sled race like you mentioned, what is something that they could do that would be a first step that wouldn't involve racing? So maybe like bike during or uh, ski during, or what are some of the easier ways to just like dip your toes in to see if you and your family want to get more committed to it?
1: Right. And those are great activities with the bike and the skis. Um, something we actually started with, uh, didn't know it was going to lead to, you know, full-on dog team, but uh, we got kick sleds and you can uh, look up, um, just Google kick sled. There's multiple places you can buy them. Um, we had ours shipped over. I think it we got them from Norway and maybe it was Finland anyways they came from a different country but um they came in and you don't have to have a dog hooked up to those at first that's why they're a kick sled you actually can kick and it's just a little sled but you can get um a harness and dog set up and then let's say you have a golden retriever or a lab or any kind of dog that could pull a sled and would enjoy that exercise you can enjoy that with them just on your own street or maybe you have a good you know hiking trail that if you have dogs you can get you can do those dog powered sports. Also, if you have local mushers and you want to go over and you want to volunteer to help clean up the yard, or you do stop by a race where you can see the action, um, people are pretty generous. And if you're willing to put in some work, a lot of times mushers, especially with kids, it will lead to maybe you start mushing the retired dogs, the ones who aren't you know racing hardcore, um, but they dogs still love exercise um, or we have where kids will show up at the track and people will just you know want to get them on the runners to see what it what it's like
0: and we can personally attest to kick sleds we have some in addition to our dog sleds and we love them cuz like you said you can use it with a dog or without a dog <laughs> so we are definitely behind that and it is such a friendly world uh the bushing community especially with kids almost everybody will be willing to let you uh, try it. (laughs) So it is. you don't have to go out and buy a million dogs, as wonderful as that sounds to me. You can just uh, borrow some people's, talk to people, and, and get a little bit of some experience before you bite off more than you can chew.
1: I was going to say, too, that there's, um, you know, lots of different, sometimes you have younger dogs that haven't had ex- much experience or haven't been around as many people, and then you have dogs that are just, I mean, we have dogs in our house right now. I mean, dogs, you know, sleep in our beds. I mean, you know, uh, sled dogs, sometimes people think, like, oh, they're just always outside. They love it outside. They have thick coats. They're they're very much in their element. Um, some dogs come in our house and they're like, please get me back outside. You know? <laughs> they're like, this couch is not for me right now. You know, sometimes as they get older, they like it better. But Um, Just saying that, yeah, when you go and uh, of course it goes with any kind of animal, but you know, uh, make sure you talk to the musher, talk to people before you just go up to the dogs, obviously. And, uh, but they will know which ones are best, you know, for the kids to interact with. Also, a lot of times mushers, if if they can, um, if it's possible, certain races have different rules, but. They'll say, hey, you can spread out some straw or you you can give the dogs um, a snack. And so there's just a lot of fun ways to get involved.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that because I would have totally forgotten. But yes, you always ask before you go because they do. They're so fluffy and cute and kids would just be like, oh, I want to pet all the sled dogs. And that isn't a great, <laughs> a great time or place just to run up to the dogs, especially if they're either resting or they have their rhythm and their routine. So, yeah, always ask before you, you go out and socialize with the dogs but oftentimes there's gonna be at least a couple super friendly dogs that want to give you some kisses
1: Right, and there's kennels here, like I, up in Alaska. There's obviously a lot of dog kennels, a lot of dog mushers, and and there are people who run tours or do kennel tours and things like that. So if you're if you're visiting Alaska, you're here, or you live here, um, or in other states too, you could always book to go see someone too, and then you really get that behind the scenes tour and get to make a connection. And I'm sure you get to play with some some puppies as long as meet meet the adult dogs. <laughs>
0: That is a great idea. I know actually some people who recently have done some dog sled tours and and booked some trips, and they love it. I haven't heard anyone who hasn't loved the experience of that. So even if it's not something you want to get into, I highly recommend doing a Google search and seeing if there's anyone near you who does uh, dog sled tours. And
1: I just want to mention really quick, too, that uh, what's fun about uh, I know we, we've been talking about racing but you know there's lots of recreational mushers too it isn't all about racing we didn't get dogs um, necessarily to race we do race because it's fun it gets to show off our dogs athleticism um, it keeps us involved in a great community it's just it's it's a great way to spread this message of how much we love the dogs and the passion we have for them but um, we have dogs because we just truly enjoy being with our dogs and we enjoy exploring Alaska but um, but yeah that's' uh, a way to be able to go and and see that behind the scenes tour is is go go uh-huh. to one of these tunnels. Yeah, you're
0: right. You don't need to. You don't need to spend every weekend racing. You don't need to ever do a race. I that I just do little runs on our property with my one dog, and it is my favorite part of the day. And it's I, honestly, I don't need to invest that much time into it because we just are very simple and just do our little thing. So it it can look very simple from one dog with a kick sled to a little bit a day all the way up to racing lots of races long races like you're talking about hundreds of miles you can find the balance of what's right for you so you don't need to look at um, somebody and be like oh I could never do that there there's all sorts of ways to get involved and you did actually mention a misconception we're going to go over the misconceptions next you said that most people think that all the sled dogs are always outside and you mentioned that some come inside some like to be inside They are equipped for the cold. They are not cold outside. So a lot of people say, oh, the poor puppies are outside. They're freezing. They are not. If you have met a husky, you try to take them somewhere super warm. They're like, no, thank you. Put me back out in the snow. So if you want to touch on that some more, you can. Otherwise, what are some other misconceptions about dog sledding? Yeah,
1: definitely about that outside thing. Um, you know, they they do love it outside. They love to roll in the snow. They love to play in the snow. Um, you know, we some of our dogs, uh, we give them, you know, if they get fresh straw. They have nice little houses that are outside, but they, you know, they get in their house. They're really warm in there. And you can give them all the stuff. We have coats we put on them when it gets really cold, you know. But 20, 20 below is, is a good temperature for dog mushing, you know. so um, But some of those dogs will still choose to to throw off their blanket, uh, take their coat off, not lay in their house, and they're like, I'm really happy just laying on the snow. So, um, yes. But so about... Sled dogs, and I can speak from my experience. And, um, you know, most of the mushers that I know, the dogs come first. I mean, these dogs uh, generally eat better, <laughs> you know, um, have uh, some of them even have nicer living conditions than the mushers. Um, they are very well taken care of. It takes a lot of money to have dogs of, of the magnitude that I'm talking about, like these bigger kennels, and not that you have to have a lot of money to go have fun with dogs. So, definitely. Definitely, um, that is—that's not what I'm saying. But when you do have a kennel of your own, and you get into these higher numbers of dogs, um, you are—you know—they're coming first, and they're very well cared for. People love their dogs, and they will go to any length to, you know, keep them safe. Uh, you know, I just, so yeah. And, and I, I, see these mushers who, you know, they'll have like 17 dogs in their house at a time. I think I have 13 in my house right now. <laughs> my kids are, I, I'm, a, I'm actually sitting in my truck because it's really the only quiet spot right now, but, the, but my children, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the house, but they're in the house. There's dogs on the couch, there's dogs in their rooms, there's dogs everywhere. So, um, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of wagging tails and uh <laughs> wet wet kisses but but yes and they're happy dogs um you know there there's a bad apple in every bunch so just just like you know there's you know so th- there's things out there that can always be improved but um people, mushers love their dogs and also dogs love to run. That's another misconception that people, oh, you're making them run. And I can tell you that we have never, ever, ever made a dog run. And all the time, I've never seen someone make a dog run because the the thing is, the dog's not going to run unless it wants to run. And you hear this, um, I've heard this before where people say you can't push a rope. I mean, the dogs are on a rope. They're not on something that we can, we don't pull them, they go ahead. And um, if, if you've never been to a dog race or, you know, it's, the sound is deafening. I mean, when all these dogs are yipping and jumping and they cannot wait to run and it's our job as mushers to actually, we hold them back. We don't let them run as fast as they, or as hard and fast as they want to run. Cause they, you know, they just, they just want to keep going, but they would stop if they didn't want, if they didn't want to go. So um, so it's a lot of fun. Just like when you take your dog for a walk or you go for a jog or a, a kick sled, you know, they just, they're in heaven. They, they were born to run.
0: Yes. So it's really a healthy sport for everybody. What does your life look like? Paint us a picture so that parents can visualize what a dog sled racing family would do. What do you do to certain chores together? What do your weekends look like? Just walk us through that a little bit. Well, in our
1: every every kennel is set up a little differently. We are kind of in a pretty transition chaotic state right now, but but everything everything's great. We just you know kind of you bite off a little bit more than you can choose sometimes, but um We got, when we got dogs, uh, let me tell you the story real quick, and it'll transition into that. But we um, have been working with a man named Robert Bunsen, who has been a dog musher since the 1990s. And he's done Iditarod many, many times. And my kids started out by mushing his retired dogs. And that was a blast. And we helped with his kennel. And then he had leased some dogs from your Olsem, who is an, I who I was Iditarod champion in 2018. And we fell in love with those dogs. Sometimes dog mushers do that. Like if they have dogs that um, aren't gonna be on their main team, but another musher maybe is doing Iditarod and wants to eat. So, you know, sometimes they will lease dogs for a little bit of time. So there were six dogs there um, that he was leasing to go with his team. And now we own four of those dogs, four of those six, <laughs> we fell in love with them, but um, wonderful dogs. But anyway, so we ended up, um, after that season, your had called us and he said, Hey, I've got this nice package. I know you guys want to start a kennel up. Um, and I have these six dogs that would be great. We're like, Hey, six dogs. That's a great start, right? That's, that's manageable. And then a week later we said, yeah, let's do it. And then a week later, he said, I have a seventh dog. And we said, no, no, that's enough. And our children heard us say this. And they knew the dog's lineage. Like, my children make dog family trees. I have family trees plastered all over my walls. They know who's a grandpa, who's an aunt, who's a second cousin. Like, I mean, they know this stuff and they love it. And um, so they went up to the room. We didn't know what they were doing up there. They came running down and they had pooled their money together and my kids save their money, like save it. I mean, they just, they don't spend it on things and um, they each brought down $250 of their own money. That's probably like, I mean, a big part of their life savings. So they, um, that they had, you know, at the house and they said, we want to buy this dog. So $500 for this dog. And we couldn't say no because, we we're like, they're serious. So we got that dog too. So now we have seven dogs. Well, that seventh dog had puppies. So that gave us seven more dogs. <laughs> Anyways, it just grows from there. But um, that was a kind of a funny start to, uh, to it. But we did not have at our house um, a dog yard set up so we kept our dogs about it's in the same city um, but it would take us about 45 minutes to drive to that kennel every single day to feed love take care of our dogs and if we went to run them which we would um, get go then we have to truck them to a trailhead to where we run so pretty much to give you an idea of during the winter season we are every day all day dogs i mean whether it was traveling to the dogs or taking care of the dogs or going out on the trail with the dogs then that was last season and then this season we took all of our 26 dogs up to the denali highway alpine creek lodge it's a remote lodge that's like seven months out of the year you can't drive to it you have to snow machine in dog mush in. Um, because they don't maintain the road, and so we took every all the dogs up there, and uh, we actually live in a little eight by twelve cabin, real small, but we use the main lodge, so we we just pretty pretty much sleep in that right by the dog yard. But um, so it's just kind of giving you an idea of how dogs take over, and you build your life around them. And it, it probably sounds crazy to most, um, but it is a it's a passion and. Um, you know, like I said, you just kind of everything you're doing is thinking about the dogs. So that so we're actually back in Anchorage now. We have all the dogs here right now. So a lot of back and forth. Um, we'll be headed back up to the Denali Highway after the Iditarod. And uh, we'll be up there again all summer with the dogs, which is fun because it's there's nothing else there. Like we can just go play in the mountains. They can go swim in the lakes. Um, y- you know, that's another thing that dogs. What do they do in the summertime? Which I know I'm moving on to a different question here. But i um, They in the winter they get to run in the in the snow, but in the summer our dogs love to hike. They love to play just like your normal, you know, pet dog does.
0: You mentioned your kids pulling their money to get the dog, which is the sweetest story I think I've ever heard. Um, But why do your kids love dog sledding so much? I know you're speaking for them a little bit, but I imagine that you see some reasons why they're so drawn to the sport. Yeah,
1: I mean, they, my children have always loved animals, and we, they grew up having, we had a golden retriever and a black lab, and and uh, those dogs, mm. you know, were just, the, they had those their whole lives um, until they passed on, and then the sled dogs, I mean, sled dogs are the coolest animals, too, because they're so athletic, and they're so tough, but yes, they, they love love, just like any animal does, and, you know, you're a team, so you're working together as a team, and I think the kids just the responsibility of hey i get to hook up my own team whether you know my son last year he was running two or three dogs on his team you know now he's running you know six to eight dogs on his team and and the progression of that mm-hmm. but they love that interaction with the dogs and i think what's the neatest thing about the kids with dogs are is that kids look at the world different than adults do And they notice things differently. They are so observant of what's going on with the dogs. And, you know, we'll be, you know, as a family, we may be riding a four-wheeler, like in the fall training. When we actually drive the four-wheeler, I mean, they're getting their miles in, but we're driving it behind them. And uh, the kids will notice things. Like, hey, look at so-and-so's harness. Or, you know, I mean, they just, they pick up on things that we don't always pick up. So, and they can remember things a lot better. Their brains are just fresher. (laughs) But I think... I think they love exploring with them and uh, just the bond that they have with the dogs. It's pretty amazing.
0: I know not all kids can have dogs, but even if you don't have sled dogs, I hope all kids can at least somehow experience a bond with the animal because it really does change your perspective on the world. You mentioned that the responsibility and and earlier on you said that it, it teaches them a lot. What do you think that dog setting has taught them, or how have you seen them grow through this experience?
1: Well, you know, we have lived a lifestyle, like we live off-grid, we haul water, we haul wood. Um, I mean, everything we do, our kids help with. And they've grown up helping, and not because we're making them do it, but because as a family, we just work together. And uh, I, Mm -hmm. I keep waiting for them to grow out of this phase where the work isn't fun anymore, but they do it with a smile on their <laughs> face. I mean, you know, probably not every single time, but most of the time, I think we're just really lucky and blessed mm-hmm. with their attitudes. But um, with the dog team, you know, I mean, it's just adding all that more work, um, but they they enjoy it. And, you know, my daughter, uh, she just did a hundred mile race. She's 12 years old. I know that, that <laughs> seems like huge, But it's well-supported. They're there for the kids and everything. But they do everything themselves. And she did it last Mm -hmm. year at 11 years old as well. And we thought, gosh, are we really letting our 11-year-old go off into Alaska by herself with eight dogs? Um, And you know what? To watch that, in addition to everything else she's done, just train with us and all that. I mean, she's a different person. She has had these achievements that, you know, no one will ever be able to take away that she's grown, that she's like, I took care of my team from start to finish. I camped overnight. Um, it was at a checkpoint where people are there. They're not just like off on their own camping, but, um, but she Mm -hmm. did it all herself. And then to watch my son, Mm -hmm. um, he did a 65 mile race this year. And again, these are big races. These are things I never thought at this age Mm -hmm. I would let my kids do, but to see that they're competent and that they can, take care of the dogs. Um, I, I really, it'll be exciting to watch them grow. Hopefully not too fast, uh, to see what else they do Uh in the world because, you know, they have that love, that respect, that responsibility, that hard work. And I think, um, as parents, you're always trying to be a better parent and there's a million things we do wrong, but I'm, I'm really proud that whatever we're instilling in them, uh, they're, they're, grabbing onto the right things.
0: (laughs) I think a good point is that a lot of people think of kids as kids and kids can handle and do a lot more than what people think and expect. Obviously, you don't want to push a kid to do something before they're ready. But I feel like in at least in my view that a lot of adults look down on kids and look at them as lesser than adults and they really aren't They are capable people who can learn and handle so much if an adult, a parent, a mentor just believes in them and gives them that space and opportunity to grow into it, which I think is amazing that you're doing. You're doing all the cautious things and safe things, but you're letting them do their thing and become their own person. So I'm so impressed with that and I love that so much. Let's talk about safety a little bit, just because you mentioned it a bit before. Do you have any anything that you, I guess, go over with the kids for safety? Is there any precautions that you take? Has there been any scary situations that you've had to handle in regards to being on either these long races or long training runs out in the middle of nowhere, basically? <laughs>
1: Right. No, there's a lot of safety things. And I mean, there's risks with any activity. And with dog machine, there are a lot of risks. I mean, you're dealing with animals. Um, you know, dogs, like we touched on earlier, um, the nicest dog can bite, right? And mm-hmm. dogs can be unpredictable. They can also have pack mentality, which is, you know, you get one dog may be really, uh, would never think of biting on their own, but, you know, something, you know, we get a pack of animals and it can be unpredictable. So we are always talking about safety, always talking about, um, you know, trying to prevent things from happening. Uh, one thing with, uh, with dog mushing, I mean, first of all, you're, you know, they're on their own team. They're out there. There's the elements. Um, we, we have cold. We have to dress appropriately. You know, you have to have your cold weather gear. You have to have um, emergency and survival stuff. And you can run into moose on the trail, which we've had that. I actually, I had a moose jump over my team. That was a first. This happened oh my the other day. It actually, it actually jumped over like it it jump if uh, in a in order of a team there's the lead dogs the dogs behind the lead dogs are called the swing dogs then you have all of the dogs behind them the team and then the dogs that are closest to your sled are called the wheel dogs so anyways back to the lead dogs the moose came out and the lead dog was right there i thought oh it's going to run into my lead dog My lead dog got past it and this all happened so fast. I didn't even have time to put the brake on my sled, but then the moose was right by my swing dog and literally jumped over and ran to the other side in the woods. So, you know, we kind of, we kept going and all the dogs looked at the moose running away like, (laughs) what just (laughs) happened? But things like that can happen. And you have, and as a parent, yes, that's scary. I mean, when, when my kids go off on a two mile run or this last race of a hundred miles, I know that things can happen um, and we say lots of prayers. We know they're prepared, but um, just specifically about a dog sled, there is a, a piece of gear called a snow hook and a snow hook is what you use to hook down your team. Like you stop, you, you know, you use the brake to stop your team and then you want to anchor your team. So it's a, uh, usually it's a piece of metal that's, it's, a, it's got a couple hook shaped and it's, you hook it into the snow and you, Push it down with your foot and you anchor it in. Usually, you have multiple hooks on your sled. And those things, I always say, are the most dangerous part of the dog sled because mm-hmm. you want to have them secured on your sled. You know, you definitely don't want to fall on them. You know, just gear like that can, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can get injured. It's kind of like letting your children um, learn how to cut up vegetables in the kitchen. I think I probably worry more about them using a knife in the kitchen. I know this <laughs> sounds silly than on the dog sled. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, but, and, when the more dogs you get involved, the more power you have. And I think that there's lots of times for kids to grow. So anybody listening to this, when your kids are adding more dogs to their team, I mean, it it doesn't make them, you know, a better dog musher to have more dogs. You wanna Mm -hmm. make sure that they have an amount that that's capable. And you always want it to be a good experience. They're gonna have challenges, but you don't wanna put them on too many dogs that is something more than they can handle, you know? And then the gang line, which is what the dogs are attached to when they're, they're in front of the sled and you're all moving forward. You, you could, you have to be really careful because like I said, it's, it is either a rope or a cable or something and you can get tangled in that. Um, Mm -hmm. we've had, we've had lots of moments that I look and say, oh goodness, you know, that, that was scary. But we, you know, we, then we talk about what happened and just try to make it so everyone, um, is always thinking about safety of themselves and the dogs.
0: It's all learning experiences. So you control the risk as much as possible, but everyone's growing so much through those experiences. I can only imagine how equipped they are. I mean, they're more equipped to deal with the outdoors than 90% of the adults in America. So you look at the risk-reward and I... I think it's amazing that they get to learn these safety things. It's it's more a privilege than than it is a detractor. I feel like,
1: right? And my kids, they wear helmets. Some of the local races, they have to wear helmets in them. Um, I, I, you know, it's just like riding a bike. I mean, they, we have these helmets that have nice. Um, like fleece inside them, you know, they actually say the helmets keep them nice and warm. It's kind of, it's like they're ski helmets, you know, something you would wear like snowboarding or whatever, but, um, things like that. And so, yeah, we're always talking about safety. We do carry, uh, devices that if we needed to call for help, we can, a lot of places we go don't have the cell phones don't work. So, um, we can't, we couldn't call anyone on our cell phone. So we have like an in-reach device, a spot device. There, they are things that if you, and if you really needed to push the button for like the coast guard to come in, you could, you know, I mean, there, uh, we definitely take that very, very seriously. And, um, but for wildlife too, you have to learn to respect that too. Um, if there's a moose in the trail, you don't charge ahead. You know, we, we have everything. I mean, a porcupine can uh, mess up your day. You have to, <laughs> you have to be aware of what is out there and, uh, how to, how to deal with it.
0: So what has been the hardest part about being a mushing family?
1: Gosh, the hardest part, I think, um, you know, right now, we, this year, we have been apart a little bit. We, we try to be together as much as possible because that's where we're the strongest is when we're together. But we did go up onto the Denali Highway, and my husband does have a job here in Anchorage. And so, uh, bless his heart, and I just, this is a wonderful time to give him a, a huge thank you. But he would actually drive up every weekend um, in the summer, And that's like six hours and to be with our family. Mm. So we could be together for the weekend and then he would drive back. And then in the winter here, he has to drive up. So it's a four hour drive there. And then he has to unload a snow machine and he has to snow machine anywhere from two to when it is bad conditions. One time it took him five hours to get to us. Oh So um, if that it it may sound like a little bit of a sickness, this dog thing. (laughs) No, it's a wonderful thing. But uh, I think that the hardest part is when we're not together. And so we're, we're remedying all that. Now we're gonna, he's going to be able to work remote and we're going to all be together like that. But I think, you know, as when you're strong as a team, you can handle many, many of, uh, I think all of life's challenges. And so, you know, better together. And, uh, but as far as you know, it's the hardest we've ever worked. I mean, my husband grew up on a farm. He knows hard work. We try to instill that in our kids. Um, but you know, you're when things are get tough out there, you can't just quit. You've got all these lives to take care of. And so sometimes you do hit hard moments, but I'll tell you when you get through them and uh everyone comes out smiling in the end, it's a it's a great feeling.
0: Do you have any favorite stories uh that involve your kids, dog setting, your family that you want to share. They can be happy, they can be scary, like your moose story. <laughs> um, and any type of stories you wanna share with us. Gosh, so so many fun ones happen. Um, you know,
1: it's I think it's really fun to watch the dogs develop as as much as I mean it's fun watching our children develop, but then watching the dogs develop like a dog that um, you know, has kind of been running in team and is an awesome dog and happy and then all of a sudden they do a couple things that you're like, hey, they really paying attention. They know the commands I'm giving. And then, you know, you keep moving them up on the line. And before you know it, they're in lead and they're so proud. I mean, the dogs are just proud. Like you give them a command and mm-hmm. they just, you know, they'll put their ears back and, you know, take a right turn real quick and, and look back at you like, Hey, I, I knew what I was doing, you know, and, and, and you have, you're proud for the dogs, you know, happy. Um But I think like, gosh, there's times when you're out there and it's a beautiful Alaskan sunny day and you're in the mountains and you know, I'm mushing along and I'm usually I'm in front because that way, if uh, one of my kids, this doesn't happen very often, but if they lost their sled uh, like that means if they fell off the team and their dogs don't have a driver, then I can catch it uh, because I'm in front of them. (laughs) But oftentimes I'm just seeing the scenery in front of me. But when I get to turn around and I realize that I've got, the kids on their teams and Matt, you know, on his. It's just a pretty neat thing to see the whole family mushing
0: together. A beautiful family life, even though, like you said, it's hard, but that just, that is just the perfect conclusion to see, like, it's all worth it to see you all together out on the trails.
1: And such an Alaskan activity. I mean, you know, dog... Dogs, And I don't know if if everyone realizes this, but they've been used for transportation, for hauling things, for taking medicine to sick people, um, sending, taking mail across Alaska. Not just here, but, you know, in the lower 48 and all over the world, dogs have been used to travel forever. And so it really feels when you're out there, it feels very traditional and, um, you know, just... uh, just like what you're meant to be doing out there with the dogs.
0: Yes, I, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it feels right. It feels like that's where you should be. You feel a more awareness around you, more connectedness to the outdoors. It's, it's hard to describe to somebody who hasn't tried it. So that said, everyone needs to go try it. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And we love getting people on the runners, you know, um, you know, we're, we're actually it, we have some warmer weather here right now. So today we were going to be taking a family and some kids out and getting them to do a little bit of mushing today. But the weather is just kind of not cooperating. But it is a really neat thing to see, especially kids. But oh, my gosh, even adults who are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. And then they get on and they're like, that was the coolest thing ever. And, you know, for them to feel um, it's, it's, it's a quiet activity. You really get to take in what's around you um and depending on what kind of trail you're on it can just be a very uh relaxing activity as well Mm -hmm.
0: exactly that wraps up our first episode on dog sledding i hope you enjoyed our conversation and will join us next time